0: Let us open the inspired and preserved Word of God this morning to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21, the first book of our blessed New Testament scriptures, the canon God gave to us. Matthew chapter 21 is a parable, it ends with a parable, by the Lord Jesus Christ describing that generation of Jews and how he was going to destroy them for their treatment of him and the prophets and apostles that he sent them. In Matthew chapter 21, Jesus set his audience up, the Jewish people that were listening to him, especially the Pharisees. He set them up by describing in detail the abuse of the owner of the vineyard's servants. And then he asked them, what will the owner of this vineyard do to these men? And they answered correctly. They answered correctly in verse 41 he will miserably destroy those wicked men and will let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen, that's to rent it, which shall render him the fruits in their seasons. And Jesus said, well, that's the scriptures being fulfilled because the Old Testament prophesied that that's how it would happen. And in verse 43, Jesus said, I'm going to take the kingdom of God from you and give it to the Americans or the Gentiles, a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof. Verse 44 And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken. When we fall on the Lord Jesus Christ, we repent of our lives in order to live the life he has chosen for us. But Jesus said, On whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. And so he was prophesying the grinding of the Jewish nation to powder, which he did just 40 years later. We fall on Christ in repentance, we're broken. We break our habits. But when he falls on us, he grinds us to powder, and he ground that nation to powder. Now I want the first seven verses of chapter 22 to open our day of worship. Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which made a marriage for his son. And sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding. And they would not come. Again, he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it and went their ways one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. That is the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD in that seventh verse. The kingdom. When it mentions the kingdom here, which is a common expression in the New Testament, the kingdom of heaven is the spiritual, invisible, gospel reign of Jesus Christ over his people who have submitted to him and made him king and live and worship him as king. And so the kingdom of heaven here is the gospel and spiritual and invisible reign of Christ. The marriage is not the marriage supper of the lamb, and it's not to be taken literal, it's a parable. The marriage is just a descriptive way of describing the good things of the gospel and the kingdom of Jesus Christ. It's just being compared in this particular case of Jesus, of us marrying Christ and partaking of all the good things of the gospel, the truth of the gospel, the fellowship of the gospel, the church of the gospel, all those things. The servants are the prophets, apostles and pastors that God sends to invite people to this feast, especially that generation of the apostles and prophets that were sent to the Jews. The preparation, in verse 4, Behold, I have prepared my dinner. God has prepared great things for us, even in this world. Now the Bible says that I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them. In the future sense of the word, when we get to heaven, and when we own and rule the universe. But he's prepared great things for us now. And here it's described as, I've prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed. They knew what good meat was then. That was marbled meat, where they had fattened up their livestock for eating. And all things are ready. All the accoutrements. I've mingled my wine, as Proverbs chapter 9 would say. I've prepared my bread and everything else that's to go with this meal. Come and feast with me. It's called dining on the fat things in the book of Isaiah. Come and feast with me. It's the gospel feast of loving and worshiping and serving and learning about Jesus Christ and being with his brethren and brethren of like precious faith and worshiping him together. But they made light of it. How many are going to leave today and make light of it? How many times have we made light of it by going our way and not remembering what we were taught, not retaining what we were taught, not applying what we were taught? They made light of it. That should upset you. They made light of it. This is a king. A king. The Bible kind of a king. He can cut your head off if you don't give him proper attention. He can throw you into a fiery furnace. He can chop you in pieces and turn your house into a dunghill. Those are descriptions of Nebuchadnezzar, the greatest king in the history of the world, in God's opinion. They made light of it. We don't want to have casual worship here. We don't want to make light of it. We don't want to make light of him. And they went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. We want to work hard in our church. I want you all to work hard. I don't want you to work 35 or 40 hours a week like this effeminate generation. We encourage working hard. But we don't want to put those things ahead of the Lord Jesus Christ and his kingdom and the kingdom God's prepared for us. And the remnant, you know, the rest of the Jews, took his servants and treated them spitefully and slew them. Like they killed Stephen, stoning Stephen to death, while Saul of Tarsus kept their coats. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth. This is a Bible word, wroth. Extremely irritated and very angry. Wroth. God gets wroth. What's he wroth about? They murdered his son, and they made light of the kingdom offer that he gave the Jews first. And he sent forth his armies under Titus Vespasian Caesar, and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. That's applying to them. They made light of it. God treated those that made light of it the same way he treated the murderers. He destroyed them and burned up their city. Are we convenience Christians? We'll worship Jesus Christ as long as it's convenient. Are we worried about our farm? Our business, our merchandising, our sales, our selling, our friends, our family, our comforts. Are those the things that concern us most? Or are we willing to sacrifice all for him, all for the gospel, all for the church, all for the kingdom of Jesus Christ? There's a great king we worship, and we're all going to meet him soon. It's highly offensive to treat him this way. If we were invited by President Trump or we were invited by our governor to an event, we would take great pains to be there on time, to be prepared, to be ready, and to be willing to say, what would you you like me to do? I'm willing to serve. Them? We would do that for them? What about the God of glory? Lord, help us today. We're going to come to Acts chapter 2. It's one of the transcendent events in the history of the world. The world was changed because of what happened the day of Pentecost. Christianity exploded and changed the world. The enemies of Christianity said they've turned the world upside down. They didn't like the Apostle Paul and what he did in the Roman Empire. We don't want to be convenience Christians. We want to be committed Christians, dedicated Christians. We want to say with the Apostle Paul, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And then do it. This is why we're here today. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Father in heaven, we read this parable of the Lord Jesus Christ and we tremble. We tremble with fear, seeing that you were wroth with them and burned up their city and destroyed them. We tremble, Heavenly Father, with anger that men would treat you this way and that they would treat the invitations of the gospel this way and the wonderful things that you had prepared and still have prepared for them that put their trust in thee. But, Heavenly Father, we confess, we humbly confess that we many times have made light of it and have gone our way to our merchandising and to our farming, to our friends, to our family, to our comforts, and have failed to follow through and be the zealots for your kingdom and to rejoice with great joy at the things you've prepared for us through Jesus Christ our Lord. We have been neglectful. We have been slothful. We have been carnally minded. We've been convenient Christians. Lord, forgive us. Have mercy upon us this day. Renew a right spirit within us. Restore our hearts with full fervency. Heavenly Father, send thy Holy Spirit down from heaven and fill this place and fill our hearts that we might rejoice together in the great things you've done, are doing, and will yet do and show us because we are your children, predestinated to adoption of sons by Jesus Christ to yourself. Father in heaven, forgive us all our sins. Cleanse us from all our unrighteousnesses and iniquities. All the things that we have done to displease and disappoint thee in our lives, have mercy upon us, Heavenly Father. We pray for your servants and saints throughout the world, for this country we commit it to thee to take care of it and to provide for your people within its borders by your oversight of our leaders. We thank thee for them. We thank thee for our form of government. We thank thee for the privileges and pleasures, protection and peace we have under their care, and we pray for them. Father, we pray that the gospel this day will go forth with power and in much assurance and that men will be converted and strengthened and enlightened, convicted and change their lives and fall upon the rock, Christ Jesus, and be broken lest he fall upon us. We thank thee for the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for the gift of thy Son and that you delivered him up for us all. And because you delivered him, arguing from the greater to the lesser, Every other thing that you have in store for us, you will most certainly give to us freely because you've already given us the surety of our salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We thank thee for every good thing that we have. We live in the greatest generation and the greatest nation in the history of the world. We have more abundance of all things, spiritual, national, natural, physical, domestic, that any people have ever had. We should be the most thankful. We should be the most obedient. Forgive us for not doing so. Lord, be with us now. Lift up our hearts. Redirect our minds. Open the word of God to us. Let every song, let every effort made to worship thee be acceptable in thy sight and very profitable for our souls. Heavenly Father, make us go in the way of your commandments. As David prayed, incline our hearts after your precepts, and not after covetousness of the things of this world. Let us, let us set our affection on things above today as you show them to us from your word. We commit this day into your care, asking for your blessing. For if you bless us, we shall be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen.